Locked On Bulls, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. White, couple of jab steps, comes up shooting top three, bam! Put him in the hole of fame! Your number one source for Chicago Bulls news and stories. One more, one more y'all want me to prove, man. Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. Jordan Malley. Jordan, great to see you. Through our 670 score scope. Yep. Where is he? And it's right over there, Bill. Joining me now, Matt Peck. Locked on Bulls podcast. Producing podcasts left and right, even in the offseason. On Twitter, at Locked on Bulls, at Jordan C. Malley, and at Bulls underscore Peck. I don't have Twitter. I don't do anything like that. And I love what you guys do with the show. I listen to every episode. You guys are one of the best podcasts, period. Y'all keep going with you do best. I love you guys. So kick back, relax, and get ready for the best hour of your day. It's 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 raw. You can just see the vibe. Locked on Bulls starts now. Here are your hosts, Jordan Malley and Matt Peck. Okay, cool. I was hoping it wasn't one of those knucklehead programs. What's up and welcome into Locked on Bulls, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jordan Malley. Along with me is Matt Peck. Follow us on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. Hit us up on our text and voicemail line, 331-979-1369. Drop your text, your voicemails, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, promo code LOCKED15. Welcome back from the weekend. Matt is out today, so I am back to give you guys a short solo episode because I felt like first we need to address what happened on Saturday. After all the excitement, after all the moves the Bulls made on trade deadline day to acquire an all-star, to come out and get punched in the face by the Spurs was not what I was expecting on Saturday. We'll get into a little bit of the specifics. Want to talk about that. Want to kind of let you listen in on a few different and national NBA hosts weighing in on what the Bulls did on the trade deadline day. I thought there was a few interesting things there. And also give you a chance to, Matt and I didn't get a chance to do any of this last week, but give you a chance to listen to AK talk. And two of the most important things that I think he discussed while addressing the media after they made the trade for Vucevic. That being said, let's talk quickly about the Spurs game and let's touch on the game tonight. These West Coast games are absolutely killing me. I mean, a nine o'clock tip off is, is rough. The Bulls couldn't stop anybody around the rim. Like, I know by mo- no means Bucevic is a world beater around the rim. He's not a bad defender, but he's not a great defender either. I was hoping for a little more than what we saw on Saturday, especially with LaMarcus Aldridge being bought out by the Spurs. They came out to play, though. The Bulls looked flat. I don't know if it was all the energy and all the buzz 24 hours prior to that, acquiring all these guys, all the positive vibes going onto this road trip. It felt weird, though. It felt like the rest of the Bulls that were there, at least the two-thirds of the team that was there prior to all the trades being made, none of them, it felt like, took this as, hey, we are on a losing streak right now, coming out of the All-Star break, haven't played particularly well, and we just have an opportunity here to snap that losing streak, turn things in the right direction. I wasn't... I wasn't expecting everything to be solved, too, on Saturday with the new guys being implemented and Billy Donovan having different rotations. But man, was that really, really hard to watch. The Bulls allowed the Spurs in the first half to shoot 62.5% in both the first and the second quarter. The Spurs starters, four out of the five Spurs starters, 
had double digits before the end of the first quarter. It was nice to see Vooch get his first bucket uh, to start the game, but after that, it felt like everybody thought Vucevic was going to come in and all of a sudden just take over. And at times, you know, he's still trying to figure out this system and it's going to take a little bit of time to do that. But I felt like the rest of the guys on the floor for the majority of the time were like standing around waiting for either Vooch or Zach to do something. Frustrating, frustrating way to lose. They're going to have to figure out what they're going to do around the rim. It was nice to see the Bulls battle back a little bit at the end. But I mean, again, it was over in the first half. This game was over in the first half. So while I give them a little bit of credit for finding their way back and finding some type of rhythm in the second half, you let the Spurs go on a 17-4 run to basically open the game, and then they went on an 18-0 run in the middle of the second quarter. It was a brutal night, brutal night shooting. The Bulls made a lot of mistakes, and the Bulls couldn't stop anybody at the rim either. I don't know what it is, but Jakob Pertl has the Bulls number this year. He's had two dominant games against the Bulls, so... Again, it's going to take some time, but in a couple of weeks, Matt and I are going to have to start having the discussion if they keep dropping games like this consistently is like, when do they press the panic button on all of this? And how many more of these games can you afford to lose before you really start to question, hey, we got to start looking at some of the other teams around the Eastern Conference, what they're doing and where we're going to position ourselves a month before the playoffs, a couple weeks before the playoffs start. If that's truly their goal this year is to get some playoff experience, they got to stop losing games consistently. And games, they've already lost the games that they should have won. A handful of them, we've discussed them, don't need to bring them back up again. But already letting games that you should have won slip through your hands, especially early on, it gives you a tinier window to make mistakes or to drop games and to come out flat like they did against the Spurs. I want you guys to hear from a couple of national NBA experts from ESPN, The Ringer, a few other places, because I thought there was a couple interesting perspectives after the trade deadline was over and they were had a chance to kind of dissect things. Before we get to all that, though, I want to tell you quickly about our friends at BetOnline AG. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing. BetOnline even has you covered for awards, TV shows, and reality TV. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use the promo code Locked On when you sign up for an account today to receive that 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. So a lot of people very excited about what the Bulls did over the last couple of days, and it's given most of the NBA national voices out there, respected writers, reporters. Anybody who covers the NBA, time to kind of dissect what's happened over the NBA trade deadline and a chance to reflect on what the Bulls did because they were the main headline across basically every trade. You know, maybe there's a different trade, one or two that you could say was a big time move, but this was probably the biggest move. And this is the first time that the Bulls have been front and center really since the Jimmy Butler trade. So let's take a listen first to the Low Post podcast. It was Bobby Marks and Zach Lowe. They discussed the fallout of the trade for the Magic and also what they expect from the Bulls in the short term and the long term. And I think the biggest thing on this and keep a close ear is their thoughts on does this cap put a ceiling on what this Bulls team could potentially be over the next two or three years. Take a listen. I thought it was going to be three ones. 
if you're going to get in the game for uh, three first rounders, three first rounders. I thought that's what it was. And I guess if you're Orlando, I guess you equate that the, the Wendell Carter Jr. You know, pickup equates to a first round, although he's got two years, you know, he's, he's going into an extension year. So it's not like you get a, a clean slate with him. I liked it first for Chicago and you get a Minu. You go from, I consider them a tier three team to, a, I think they're borderline tier two team. I think they're, they can make a jump or maybe, um, I guess maybe Boston, Miami. Miami's going to, Miami took a jump today and we'll talk about that later. But, you know, Otto Porter and Wendell Carter and we'll see where those two number ones that are very lightly protected. I mean, they're top four, they're top four protected in those, in those two years. But you've got Zach uh, Levine, about to go into an expiring contract. By the way, sw- swimming in leverage now for what now they probably can't extend him this summer because they may not have cap room. But his deal is up after next year, and now he's got to be sitting there. He and his agent got to be like, "All right, well, they're trying to win. They're building around me now. I'm well, going to yeah. get. I'm going to get paid even more." You you really want him to be a, uh, to walk in, in 2022 and you don't have that pick <laughs> in 2023? Um, so yeah, he's got a lot of leverage, and he could have been a renegotiation eligible this offseason. I don't see them having cap because I think they'll keep Thaddeus and, and Sadoransky. But I I mean I really liked it. I mean it's a swing it's a, a swing for the fence type trade that you rarely see where you're giving up these two picks and you're getting a player who's on a good contract. Like it's a descending contract 26, 24, 22 million. So I'm all I'm all in on what uh what Chicago did. It's interesting. Um their fans seem exuberant about it and I and I understand why. I'm a little less thrilled about it for Chicago even though I understand why they did it. Look, th- this year's pick barring injury is going to be, you know, late lottery or outside the lottery, right? 2023, yep. we don't yep. know. Let's just assume they keep getting better. I mean, Vooch is 30 years old. Vooch is a stud. He is really, really good. He has been carrying this wretched injury-riddled team. The only reason they have a chance at all to even compete is because of him. He's going to be a great fit with Levine. Levine, Vooch, pick and pop is going to be deadly. And by the way, one of the things I like about that is the simpler you make the reads for Levine, the better. The more complex it gets, the more traffic there is, the more likely he is to telegraph a pass, to throw in an accurate pass, to throw it a little later, a little early. With Vooch, all you got to do is here you go, pick and pop, boom, boom, boom. I just, I think the price reflects a couple of things. He's 30 and he's a center. I just don't think, bar with three exceptions in the NBA, you're getting the Drew Holiday trade return for a center. I just don't think Orlando was getting the three picks, two swaps. I just don't think for a center that's not Embiid or Jokic, I just don't think you're getting that return. And so I don't think Chicago got like a steal. I think they paid probably what the market was going to be for Vucci. The other thing is, I just don't know. I just don't quite know where they're going. Like, are, are in the next three years, are they going to be better than Brooklyn, Milwaukee? Boston, Philly, you can't know for sure. And I admire them taking a shot at it. And the price isn't onerous, especially if you don't believe in Carter. I'm just not doing cartwheels about it. I'm just kind of, okay, it's fine. I don't think most of Bulls fans would agree with what Zach Lowe said, even though it's it makes sense. Logically, it makes sense. And I can understand why you would have a glass half empty look at this team right now when the move that they made. But And I'm not saying that they did this, but I feel like the conversation for what the last year, for the last year and a half about this Bulls team is like, when are you going to get to the next step? Okay, player development was a big part for the first two years, three years. It didn't work out well for the most part for this Bulls team. A lot of injuries, 
lot of different moving parts, dysfunction across the board. All of that being said, most of the conversation, if the Bulls wanted to be taken serious, was how do you acquire that all-star? How do you acquire that second star to pair next to Zach Levine? Now the conversation is shifting is when you added that second star, now what ceiling does that put on your team short term? And I don't think it's it's an unfair question to ask. My point is, is the Bulls got to the next step. It hasn't even been a week since they've gotten to that next step. Let's be patient and see what they do this summer. I think what this they do this summer, the conversations that the front office, Zach Levine, Vucevic, has with the front office together about where they think that this team could be doesn't necessarily, at least in my opinion, put a ceiling on this Bulls team. It's a fair point to bring up. How are you going to beat Brooklyn over the next two years? By the time two years is up and those guys are free agents, so is Zach Levine if you don't sign him long term, and so is Vucevic. I understand why it makes a lot of sense, but this is a commitment to winning. So was naming Billy Donovan the head coach. That was a commitment to winning. It's going to take some time, and maybe this is a conversation more set for the summer once we know what the Bulls decide to do in the offseason, whether or not they decide to re-sign Lowry long-term, if they make any deals, I think that's a fair question to ask. I don't think it's one that we necessarily need to worry about right now, is what the ceiling is on this team yet, just because we don't know what Zach looks like next to another All-Star. I think it's okay to leave that as an unknown for the rest of the season. So I don't know. Do you think that it puts a ceiling on this team? Do you think adding Vucevic and trading away potentially Wendell Carter Jr. in two first-round picks, does that limit you at all as far as where this team could go, the direction it's in, or possibly what is the ceiling on this team right now? If you had to have an opinion, do you agree with Zach Lowe, Bobby Marks? Hit us up, 331-979-1369. So think about that, and now let's listen to the reaction from the Hoops Collective podcast on ESPN with Brian Winhorst, Tim McMahon, and Kevin Arnovitz. They're talking about two things here. Let's start first. Who else was interested in Vucevic? How did it get to the point that the Bulls ended up giving up two first-round picks? And there's also a connection, too, that we talked about last week. I didn't hear... I heard Charlotte had some interest in Vucevic, but I didn't hear anything about Vucevic. Where else... I mean, if Vucevic had really been on the block for days, like uh, Aaron Gordon was, I mean, I don't know the answer. You you think they could have created more of a market? Well, I just... Maybe they did, and I just didn't hear. Just because I didn't here doesn't mean it didn't happen but right i would have thought if he was wide out there available that they could have gotten i think some, some nice offer i think to tim's point though specific teams were going to have interest in nikola vucevic because he can help accomplish specific goals but like if you're trying to reach the conference finals or the nba finals despite the fact he's a really good player and has gotten way better over his career in orlando he isn't a great fit if you're trying to play in the conference finals or the finals so i think it, it sort of limits the market of teams and the universe of teams are going to be interested in him. Like Charlotte is a team that's interested in being in the playoffs and has a gaping hole at center. It made sense to pair him with LaMelo Ball in Charlotte. The Bulls are trying to make a leap back to being a respectable team again. It makes sense for them to get him for the next three years and have him and Zach Levine together and have a potent offense with a couple really good defensive players around them, right? But like because of because of the combination of Orlando wanting a bunch of stuff back for him, only a certain kind of team making a lot of sense for Vucevic to trade for him, I don't think it would have made a lot of difference if they dramatically made him available. And frankly, if you look at what Aaron Gordon got traded for, a guy that makes more sense in the latter round of the playoffs, it might make more sense that he wasn't widely available because they clearly got a lot more for Vucevic despite those flaws 
than they did for Aaron Gordon or especially Evan Forney, who they basically just dumped salary to get rid of. So again, somebody saying that the value on an all-star center compared to maybe an all-star guard that's getting dealt. Charlotte Hornets, the only other team that was interested or at least in multiple conversations. Remember that article that was published by ESPN Plus? Not even, what, a week ago? A week ago today, I think it was published. Talking about Wendell Carter Jr., remember the scouting report? I wonder if that was some sneaky play there. If that was, there's something there. And it's just my opinion, but maybe that was a maybe that was a sneaky play by the front offices. Hey, let's put a good scouting report out there on Wendell Carter Jr. Let's rope the Hornets into as being a team that's possibly involved or interested, and maybe making the Magic think twice and saying, "Hey, well, if they figure out a deal with the Hornets, then we're screwed. We got to keep Vooch for this season." I'm not saying that's true. It's a good play if it was. It's a really good play if it was. I'm more excited than anything else. I told Matt this off mic as well. I'm more excited about thinking about next year and the offseason and the time that these guys are going to be able to spend together working on their chemistry, working on how they want to play and attack and approach this next season coming up. I think that's more important. But first, the goal, I understand with the players, the goal short term is make the playoffs, focus on getting that playoff experience. I think that would be great. I think this it would be an A play. I would grade this season an A if the Bulls can go a little bit over 500 to finish out this season. They make even the play-in game or the first round of the playoffs. They get their play-in experience or their first round playoff experience. Go into the offseason. I think that's. I think it's an A season to start with this new regime and this new head coach. All the moves that the Bulls made, I think this would be a total win. I'm excited for next year, though. I'm excited for what a full season with both of these guys and a full summer to work together, what that's going to look like. And all the and the possible additions, too, this summer. I'm curious what that looks like. Here's the other piece from that Hoops Collective podcast that dropped a couple of days ago on ESPN. We got a potential third star floated, and it's a guy that we've talked about before There'd be a lot of obstacles now, the fact that the Bulls don't have any cap space, but just take a listen to now the Bulls finally, this is the first conversation the Bulls have been in now that they have a second star here about acquiring that infamous third, the big three, to play here in Chicago. Here's the first name that's been floated out there, at least that I've heard since the Bulls deals were made on Thursday. Guy in charge of the Bulls, he's our vice president of basketball operations, his official title. They have prioritized shooting from the moment they got there. You know, with guys like Thad Young and Pat Williams, our number four pick in this year's draft with Thomas Sadaransky at the point, I do think they have a good mix of defensive players around them. I think they can be pretty good. And the other thing I'm curious about going forward is, you know, when you would talk to people about Billy Donovan, the thing that would repeatedly come up about him is that he's a guy that still has great relationships with his players going back to both guys that were with him at Florida and guys he recruited in college. He's a guy that all these guys who are coming up now really like. And the guy I've been curious about with the Bulls since Billy got there is Bradley Beal. And Beal's going to be a free, can be a free agent in a year. And the Bulls could be in position to get him in a year. If you're a team that's say fourth or fifth in the East and in the mix in the playoffs, that's probably a lot more appealing. See, the problem is now with that idea of Bradley Beal coming here and being the third stars, you don't have any cap space. You have limited assets in terms of you just traded away your first two, 
your two first-round picks over the next three seasons. But if he gets to free agency, that's the biggest thing, is if he can hit the free agent market and Booch and Levine are here, it's a pretty enticing thing. It's the idea that the Bulls are in this conversation now for the first time in how long. It's a good feeling to have. I just perked up because I heard, I mean, we've been talking so long about adding that second star, and now we're talking about a third star. It's exciting. Before I get out of here, I want you to hear really quickly from Chandler Hutchison. It's the first time that we've heard from him in, what, a couple months? I don't think Bulls media has been able to talk to him, or we haven't heard from him in quite a while. And he addresses the absence with the Bulls at least a little bit. I also want you to hear the most important thing from AK that he said in his press conference following all the trades that they made on Thursday. Before I do that, I want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. I've been telling you guys about them for a long time now. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar on the market. Built Bar is amazing in low calorie. It's low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. It's got an amazing taste for a protein bar and is covered in 100% chocolate on every single one of their bars. They're doing their Built Bar madness right now over on Twitter. You can follow them at bar underscore built or go to their website to see the matchups builtbar.com remember when you go to their website use the promo code locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order that is locked 15 to get 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com check back to see who won this week's matchup and who will be the best tasting protein bar out there again lock 15 for 15 percent off your next order at builtbar.com This episode is also brought to you by rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in a few easy clicks delivered directly to your door. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. Choose the brand's specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so we know they sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com quickly before i get out of here daniel gafford chandler hutchison in washington Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter Jr. in Orlando. I watched Wendell Carter Jr. and Otto Porter play in their first appearance this weekend. Wendell went 8-8. Eight and eight. Uh, They played the Lakers last night. It wasn't a great game. Wendell didn't have a great performance, but I'm not expecting much either as he gets acclimated. I wish the best for him. And for every guy that's been on this Bulls team, I think Daniel Gafford's going to have a true opportunity with the Wizards. While Thomas Bryant's still out... They need a big, and he played decent too. He had, I believe, 12 points, 8 rebounds in about 20 minutes. Chandler Hutcherson did not get on the floor, though. This is one guy that has been the biggest mystery on this team. Outside of Otto Porter Jr. and not quite knowing what's up with him, he's been the biggest mystery, though. Chandler Hutcherson dealt with COVID early on at the beginning of the season's Pretty much derailed the entire season he's had this year. Outside of one article we got after the OKC collapse a couple of months ago, we haven't heard much about Chandler Hutchison. He's been healthy, he's been working out, but has not been participating in actual games. He's been DMPs. So he spoke to the Wizards media before their game on Saturday, and I wanted you guys to hear the two most important things. He was asked twice, once by Darnell Mayberry at The Athletic here, and once by a Wizards beat reporter 
just kind of like what's his season been like what's he been going through and if he's going to address his absence from the Bulls and maybe how he's going to communicate that so take a listen yeah I mean it's been a roller coaster of a year um you know from coming down with COVID in the beginning of the season to that being a setback and then uh, kind of getting acclimated again and having to catch up and then obviously me making the decision to um, step away from the basketball you know the game side of it for a little bit to take care of some personal reasons and for me um you know that's something that I'm gonna address you know when the time is right for me um with this transition my main priority is to make sure that I'm good and I'm ready to go. And then, um, you know, when the time is right to express, you know, what I want to about the time that I'm, that I've missed, it'll happen, you know, and fill in those, I'll be more than happy to answer questions about all that stuff, but it was away from basketball. You know, it wasn't basketball related. And the biggest thing for me, while the time that I've been out was, it wasn't a break for me. I was working just as hard or if not harder than any of the guys in the gym when I was in Chicago, getting there early, staying there late, lifting three times, three, four times a week, making sure that my body was ready, that when my, you know, the, the mental side of it caught up, that I was going to be ready to go. And now everything's just coming together and, and I'm excited for these next, you know, this next step in these next couple of days to really lock in and, and be able to attack this opportunity. Hey Chandler, good to see you, man. What's up, man? Good to see a familiar face. I know. I uh, It's been a while since we talked to you here in Chicago. I'm glad to hear you're doing well. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Chandler, I want to respect your privacy to an answer you just gave before. Uh, but at the same time, have you decided on in what form you will address the absence? Have you have you settled on a way that you want to communicate that yet? Um, no, I haven't. I haven't pinned it down uh, to a specific outlet. Um, you know, just with all this stuff going on, it's important for me to prioritize that. And then, um, you know, like that wasn't my priority in these times when I was out. It was about it was about handling my business. And right now there's a little bit more business for me to handle before I get to that step. But you can take it as you'll you'll know, you'll know, uh, you'll have your answers, you know, when I feel like the time is right. I promise you that. (laughs) All I can say is I hope a fresh start really, really helps him. And we'll find out. I'll continue to kind of and I'm sure we'll get a follow up story as well once he sort of addresses it. But I do. I I. Man, like, he's one guy. I know it's hard to think back to a couple of years ago, but before he had the the hairline fracture in his foot, he was playing really well. And I know it's only a month, it's small sample size, but it's too bad that injuries sort of derailed what could have been here in a perfect opportunity without the Bulls really having a stabilized wing. Otto Porter with all the injuries, the Jabari Parker disaster, so on and so forth. Ever since they dealt Justin Holiday in the first year... The Bulls haven't had a secure wing, and I thought this would be a perfect opportunity for him, especially on the defensive end where the Bulls needed it most. Derailed by injuries and whatever else is going on away from basketball, that's the one thing that I think we got. Knew that this was not basketball-related, that it was away from basketball, so I'll be interested to hear when he he does decide to talk about it, and I hope the best for him. Same thing with Daniel Gafford, too. I think they're going to still be good players in this league and at least contribute in roles down the road. Finally, here's the best thing that I think AK had to say after the NBA trade deadline was over, just addressing his goals for this team and why they pulled this deal off. Here's the best thing that I thought he had to say. I don't know. You know, the trades finalized an hour ago, so we can wrap our head around what we have. And we're very excited to what we have. We got better today, so for sure. 
and we we try to win games you know that's basically why we're in this business and uh again you know right from the beginning from the time we got here we we said that we're trying to uh get back to relevancy and you know today made it happen so i think the expectations are always uh, you know obviously winning and getting in the playoffs and getting our team better and you know we added like i said you know we added we added Nicola, we added Amino, we added, you know, Javante Green, uh, Daniel Thais, you know, we added Troy Brown. So there's a lot of, you know, kind of interesting pieces there, you know, and has different attributes, each player. Um, uh, a lot of them I liked, you know, we liked for a long time uh, and were targeting in different situations and now was a chance to acquire them and we were really excited and, you know, they, you know, they bring different things to our roster, you know, some of them are younger uh, and developing, uh, some of them are more defensively oriented players and some can score the ball. So I want to thank all the players that we, you know, traded away, obviously, OP, um, Wendell, um, you know, Daniel and Hutch and, you know, and, uh, and Luke, you know, uh, for contributions to Chicago Bulls organization. And uh, we wish him well, whatever they are right now. He said it the first day he met with the media after he was hired. I'm here to instill change change the philosophy, the culture of this team, this organization, and to bring the Bulls back to relevancy and to start winning. They've been transparent about their plan, what they want to do, and I think we got a clearer message about where the Bulls want to be in the next couple of years than we did even, say, a week ago. So it's an exciting time to be a Bulls fan. I'm excited for tonight's game. Thanks for listening to today's episode of Locked on Bulls. You can hit us up at 331-979-1369. If you have any reaction or any thoughts about what you heard today's episode, still reacting from the trade deadline, from adding Booch, anything you got for us at 331-979-1369, you can hit us up. I'm on Twitter at Jordan C. Malley, at Bulls underscore Peck, and at Locked on Bulls. Matt and I will be back tomorrow with a fresh episode. For Jordan and Matt, we are out. Deuces. Locked on Bulls, a show for the most passionate fan base in the NBA. Hosts Jordan Malley and Matt Peck dive into the best Bulls news and stories around the NBA. For more content and to stay up to date, head over to LockedOnBulls.com. Thanks a lot.